0: Do you really know the connection between your teeth and the rest of your health? Did you know that problems in your body can affect your teeth and vice versa? If you have silver fillings, what could they be doing to present a toxic environment to your system? Welcome to the Tooth Body Connection with Dr. Dawn Ewing. In this program, you'll learn about precautions and safe practices in order to keep your teeth and the rest of your body at safe and healthy levels of life. Now, here is Dr. Dawn Ewing.
1: Yes, I am Dr. Dawn Ewing. I'm the executive director for the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine. It's a group of physicians and dentists that are really concerned about what goes in your mouth and how it affects your health, as well as how your health affects your mouth. If you need to find a biological dentist or physician, I encourage you to go to IABDM.org and you'll see a list of practitioners or you can email me, and I will help get you connected with one. Today's speaker is Dr. Michael Margolis. Not only is Dr. Margolis a dentist, he is also a doctor of integrative medicine. He went to school with me at Capital University, which is how we got connected. He is also a past president of the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine, and I would, am very pleased to have him as our speaker this week. Dr. Margolis, I'm going to call you Mike, just because you and I are friends, but I would like for you to have an opportunity to introduce yourself.
2: Well, good morning, and it's a pleasure to be on the show this morning. My name is Michael Margolis. I'm a uh, biological dentist. I practice in Mesa, Arizona. I was trained traditionally at the University of Texas, San Antonio, which is a fine dental school. But... I was taught to put in mercury fillings and do uh, fluoride treatments and root canals. And nobody ever thought twice about that. I also have a master's in business and an undergraduate in um, in Hebrew and also uh, political science. I have a degree uh, that I graduated a semester after Dr. Don Ewing, where we met at Capital University as a doctor of integrated medicine. Uh, Past president of the IOMT, uh, not IOMT, I'm sorry, IBDM. big mistake there. Uh, I have been a member of both organizations for over 20 years, along with the Holistic Dental Association, and um, a bunch of other little tiny degrees in between.
1: So today I've asked you to come on the show so that we can talk about something that actually has not been talked about in any one of the other shows that we've done. And it's about something that is completely unrecognized by traditional dentistry and completely underdiagnosed. That is what a lot of people call a cavitation. Uh, Can you elaborate on what a cavitation is?
2: Yeah. A cavitation basically... Is a hole in the bone. Cavities are a hole in the teeth and uh, Dr. G.V. Black, who is the father of modern dentistry, recognized this and called it chronic osteomy- uh, osteitis, which is a long-standing disease of the bone which is infected. Uh, today, there are many different names for it. In fact, there's a gentleman by the name of Dr. Jerry E. Bocco. He just retired. He was the chairperson of pathology at Western or West Virginia University for 17 years. And I don't know, I think another 16 years ahead of diagnostic studies at the University of Texas uh, Dental School in Houston. And he's done extensive research on this topic And ischemic osteonecrotic bone is what the classification is. There are 72 diagnostic names for the same disease. Ischemic osteonecrosis, which means dead bone with a lack of oxygen. Avascular necrosis, it's bone that has died as a result of a lack of blood going into the area bone marrow edema, inside the bone you have marrow and it's inflamed, it swells, and then the oxygen doesn't get through. Uh, The jaw version is Ratner cysts, Robert cysts, cavitations, osteonecrosis, or NICO, neuralgia induced cavitational osteonecrosis, or neuralgia induced cavitational osteomyelitis. Basically, this is what it is. It's pain caused by a hole in the bone of either dead bone or active infection. And what is so amazing about this is you can have no pain in your face or your mouth region. It can be somewhere else in the body, and that concept is called focal infection. But when we speak about a neco lesion or a cavitation, which may have no pain whatsoever. We're talking about uh, various bone lesions which appear both as empty holes in the jawbone or holes filled with dead bone and bone marrow.
1: Now these holes that we're talking about, they are not traditionally seen on an x-ray.
2: Well, I can't agree with that. I, I think they're seen, but they're not recognized. So what it is, is we look at x-rays, and unless you're trained, especially to look for these lesions, people are going to say, well, I see those all the time. There's nothing wrong with that. And I've had dentists and physicians come into my office where I do what's called a 3D cone beam x-ray, which is capable of going in and out. It's a CAT scan and we can do different slices of the x-ray, and we can show lesions. We can show that there's holes in that bone because the density of the bone is either going to be gray or it's going to be black. And if it's black, there's no density to that bone, or it's going to be a hollow area like your sinuses. So unless you're trained to see what this is, you're going to look at it and say, well, I see that all the time. There's no problem with that until you start doing implants. And then I've had a number of periodontists and oral surgeons ask me about, why is it when I go into this place, I drill a hole and there's no bone there? And the bone on the x-ray is black. So there is some recognition, but they don't understand the problem, other than the implant won't work. Uh, they don't see the problem towards health, and that is our major major concern when it comes to uh, osteonecrosis of the human jawbone.
1: Well, and let's let people know that most dentists don't have what you have, which is the 3D cone beam. Most dentists oftentimes don't even have a panorex, which is an x-ray that goes all the way around around your head. But if we were looking at a a panorex, you're making something that is three-dimensional into something that's two-dimensional. So you already are kind of behind... Um, you know, at a disadvantage at that point, and these areas sometimes fill in with globules of fat, and so they do image as some kind of a density on the the panorex. So correct. it takes a, a, a higher kind of a, an X ray or different types of energy testing to be able to tell that those areas are there. Is that true?
2: A hundred percent correct, on and this is really a hot topic. Uh, Tech 99, which is a dye that Dr. Co, uh, Dr. Bocco used, which is radioactive, will attach to these areas and you'll see hot spots. You can use electrodermal testing, EAV, which you're an expert in. I use something called a cavitat. A cavitat is an ultrasonic imaging machine that will put a sound wave through the jawbone and it's picked up by a sensor in the mouth because you use a gel to bring the sound wave through the skin, through the uh, gap between the skin and in, in the jaw, and then to the sensor. And that will bring a circuit for the sound to go all the way through. And if it goes all the way through, an image will show up on a computer that's totally green for that area. Now, if there's holes in the jawbone, or even if there's bubbles in the gel, so you have to know how to do this properly. Uh, it will turn out to be either yellow, orange, or red. Red means there's absolutely no density there, and that has a, uh, a, a success rate. When you look at it with my um, my girl in the office, who is the operator of the machine, we did a study of eight patients, two hundred and 56 images, of which 63 showed to be um, less dense, showed to be an ischemic necrotic lesion. And what we did, we did the surgery on this, and we found that it was 100% accurate that these areas were cavitations and they were toxic. So uh, the uncanny studies that was done by Cabotat medical technologies sent to the FDA had a tremendously high success rate in identifying the lesions and was very controversial because of the study groups that were done. And I know we're going to come up to a break here, and I can go into further uh, examples of how that study went because it was between two groups of patients. The regular population, which is what I did, and the other population that Dr. Jerry Bocot and Robert Jones, the inventor of the cavitat, did on patients who took bisphosphonate drugs. And the difference was 70% occurrence rate was increased from the general population to those who took bisphosphonate drugs. Very, very dangerous to the jawbone because the jaw is all dead and it can't heal
1: right that's why we call it practicing medicine we practice and we find out things sometimes after the fact this is the tooth body connection today we're talking about hidden jaw infections with dr michael margolis in mesa arizona when we return we're going to talk about how these conditions develop we'll be right back
3: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune in to Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso. To bust through the myths about feeding your baby, Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
4: We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelley's Show & Tell with host Shelley Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you ready for a real, fact-based show about alternative and natural approaches to health? Listen for Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Drs. Jim and Janine Fox. We're not about the latest health fads. We're about proven methods from real patients and real situations. Each week's show is an eye-opening look behind the scenes of real health. Live Healthy, Be Healthy can be heard live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel.
3: Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Dawn, at drdawn.net That's drdawn at drdawn.net Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection
1: I'm Dr. Dawn Ewing, and we're speaking with Michael Margolis today, who is a dentist in Mesa, Arizona. I wanted to define a few of the words that we talked about in the first segment. Number one, we talked about osteoitis, which is anything that has the word osteo in it means bone. And anytime there's an itis, there's an inflammation. So if you think of hepatitis, that's a liver a HEPA, and an itis, which is an inflammation. And then we also talked about some jawbone ischemia. And so ischemia is when there's poor circulation getting to a particular area of the body. Um, I also wanted to go over what, how you can contact Dr. Margola. So, uh, Mike, if you don't mind giving us your website.
2: My website is mydentistaz.com. Dot com. That's M-Y-D-E-N-T-I-S-T-A-Z dot com.
1: And people can get additional information about your practice, and I know that you also practice Mercury Safe Dentistry, and we've discussed that on multiple different shows, but if they're interested in a little more about your practice, I would like to also let people know that you are in the process of writing a book. Can you tell us something about that?
2: Well, we are in the process of writing my book, uh, or a book. My wife and I are doing it. My wife is uh, an attorney and a past English teacher, and we sit down and talk, and she's putting it into words, and we're going to be talking about uh, the whole biological approach of dentistry, why it's important that people understand that what the dentist does in your mouth has a direct result to your future health and how it impacts your health. And we'll be talking about the exams and well, what, what materials are there and how to test if the materials are biocompatible to you as a person or not there. We'll talk about many of the procedures that we will do because I do a tremendous amount of surgery removing what these are called nickel lesions, root canals, uh, titanium implants, which are metal, and the effects that metal have on the human body and how it can suppress, not on everybody, but how it can suppress the immune system uh, in many different uh, patients and how we find that these lesions affect the overall health of a patient. I took out a root canal the other day, and a person's arthritis totally disappeared. But there was a lot of work that went into that, that one case. Not only did we have to replace all his mercury fillings and all his metal-based crowns, but we had to remove the dead bone the titanium implant, and a few root canals. And the man, after three years of not being able to use his right hand whatsoever, came up and shook my hand for the first time. He was able to use it in three years after 24 different physicians and spending a fortune trying to get healthy. And these are common stories that we have from our practice, but very uncommon uh, knowledge to the to to the public. And to to the
1: traditional dentists as well. They're they're certainly not trained about these lesions. Let's get back to talking about how they can develop. I know that if there's a root canal and there can be a chronic low-grade infection the patient is completely unaware of because there's no uh, nerve or sensation to that tooth and it can help develop some of these lesions. I know that taking out a tooth and not removing the periodontal ligament or the, the attachment that is connected from the bone to the tooth, so that can create this void in the bone that you were discussing. I know there are certain problems like a protein C or a protein S deficiency that can create these problems, and trauma. Uh, smoking where someone has You know, a lot of nicotine, and it creates a problem with that ischemia that we talked about with poor circulation. Can you tell us other reasons why these areas develop in the jawbone?
2: Well, well, let me start it out this way. It happens naturally, number one. It's seen very commonly when wisdom teeth are erupting, the bone has to dissolve so the tooth can come up. When that bone dissolves, the blood supply to the bone in the area is cut off, and the tooth may come in, it may stay impacted, or it may come in wrong. However it is, the bone around it sometimes becomes necrotic, and that can cause a very high toxicity. Another cause is trauma. Trauma could be from an accident, extraction of the tooth, And I also list that as a root canal to the tooth because you're taking a live tooth and you're taking the guts out of that tooth. You're taking the nerve, the blood supply, and lymphatics out of that tooth. And now the tooth is sitting there and it's dead.
1: Yeah, it's Yeah. Let's just tell people it is what it is.
2: Yeah, it's a taxidermic uh, object in your body. And the the inside of the tooth that had all this protein and amino acids that supported it are now cut off, and no blood can get in, nor can the uh, waste disposals be done properly. So that's a problem. Uh, We also have drug-induced osteonecrosis because of the bisphosphonate drugs, and other drugs do have an impact on what occurs in your body and it causes what they now call medically induced jaw bone disease. The third one could be a blood disorder because the bone marrow is not getting the blood and the the bone will die. A fourth one that we're finding are hormone imbalances and then you also were talking about other conditions in the body like protein deficiencies. But that's basically how this develops. The body isn't working right either through insult, natural occurring events, trauma, or these new drugs uh, on the market. My son is an oral surgeon, and when he was training up in the East Coast, he met an oral surgeon who extracted a tooth and the whole jawbone came out. And in the... Uh, Information package supplied by the company that made the bisphosphonate drugs. They wrote one line on the 13th page. There may be dental complications. That's all they said. And That's when quite they tried a to heal this jaw, they could not get it to heal because there was no blood supply. You have to have blood supply to heal. So all this, all these different factors come into play for the tooth and the bone to be active and healthy. And the bone isn't healthy in those ways.
1: Now, I want people to to understand that it can work both ways. The ischemia that we talked about, which is poor circulation, a difficulty of the blood getting in to hydrate the bone and keep it healthy is one, one issue. But the bone marrow edema that we spoke of, and Dr. Bocco was really good about explaining that to our group when he came and lectured at one of our conferences, is that the blood gets in, but the blood can't get out. So it's very similar to asthma where someone takes a deep breath in and then they have to really push to get it out. So the bone marrow edema can create a problem in that area as well. Those are two completely opposite problems, but both of them create these cavitational areas in the bone.
2: Correct. They are. The result is the same. And there are certain areas that uh, just happen to be designed so the blood flow gets a little screwed up. And that's your third molar teeth because the the blood has to make a turn and go back. And if you have infection, that infection starts building up and blocking the blood flow, and that is where it can continue to cause implications for uh, patients to heal. And it is a major, major problem.
1: So now we've, we understand that they can develop in absolutely anybody. I, I mean, it does, you don't have to be a smoker. You don't have to be a football player. They can just happen in anybody. How can they affect your body? Give us some examples.
2: Well, this goes into a theory called... Um, Focal Infection Theory, where one part of the body affects another part of the body. And the best example in dentistry today is if you have a mitral valve prolapse, a problem with your valves of your heart, if you have a new um, implant in your body like a knee, a shoulder, a hip, or if you have kidney disease, the dentist or the hygienist will have to go ahead and pre-medicate you so the bacteria in your mouth will not cause an infection or a colony to gather in those areas and then become knocked loose, which means that what would happen to the patient is that they could get caught in your brain or your heart. You get a stroke or a heart attack. So focal infection theory is actually believed by the dental profession. And then when I tell them that this is focal infection theory, they scratch their heads as, oh, that's old-fashioned. That doesn't mean anything. And I said, you don't premedicate your patients if they have a heart condition, new uh, joints, or some other problems with their kidneys? They said, of course we do. I said, well, that's what focal infection is. You're just taking the definition that you want. These are blockages along the meridian of the body. And the host of our show... Let, uh, wrote a book, Let the Tooth Be Known, by Dawn Ewing. And she gives all the body connections. And after our commercial break here, we can go into some of the stories that I can tell you the effects of removing some of these uh, disease states.
1: And you're right, we are going to take a commercial break right now. This is the Tooth Body Connection. Today we're talking about hidden jaw infections with Dr. Michael Margolis. Again, his website is com. Or if you would like to find a biological dentist and you are not in Arizona, then you can go to iabdm.org, and you can look for a dentist in your area. We have lists of questions that you can ask dentists, or you can contact me, Dr. drdawn, at drdawn.net, and I would be happy to get you connected to somebody. We'll be right back.
3: opinions options answers you're listening to voice america health and wellness
4: how is your health do you want to know more about it every day there are new technologies procedures and healing techniques coming forward to understand them tune into speaking of health with dr michael kudlis our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Transformational healing includes energy medicine as well as hands-on healing. Tune in every week to Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow. If you want to know more about the business and science of energy fields, chakras and the medical and spiritual community join our expert guests as we work together to bring you closer to your personal health vision transformational healing is heard live every thursday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america health and wellness channel
0: Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here
3: on the Seventh Wave Network. Opinions, Options, Answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdawn.net. That's drdawn at drdawn.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection.
1: Today we're talking about hidden jaw infections. In particular, we're talking about something called a cavitation. At least that's one name for what we're discussing today, these little areas where there's poor circulation. And they can oftentimes cause pain, not just in the face. They can cause pain in a hip. They could cause pain in a toe. They can actually cause debilitating headaches or debilitating pain someplace else in your body. I know that Dr. Bocot had a little trick that he would use um, at the dental school, which, which is true. Dr. Mogolis told us that he was at the University of Texas for years. He would use some topical anesthetic on some of these places just to see if there was any relief at all. There is also another technique called a diagnostic block. And, and Mike, if you would do me a favor and just talk about some of those diagnostic ways to see if there is actually a connection I I try to explain it to a patient that if I have a car that's not going to start, I would want a new car, but my husband is very financially frugal, and so he is going to make me take that car to go see if the starter's bad. They're going to hotwire the car, and if it works, we just get the starter replaced. We don't get a new car. So it's kind of like that. You can try to see if this connection can be bypassed. Can you elaborate on what those are?
2: Well, we call it trigger point injections. It was out of a book by Janet Travell, who was the personal physician to John F. Kennedy, who had body pain from injuries from World War II. And what is amazing, she has in her book techniques to tell if you have a part of the body that's causing pain somewhere else. So we get a good health history. We find out what's bothering the patient. We get the x-rays. And we do a physical exam. And I'll take my finger in the patient's mouth and I'll push and ask, does this hurt? And all of a sudden they look at me and go, wow, that does hurt. But that never hurt before. But I got pain over here, either a headache, jaw pain, neck pain, down the body, hand pain, whatever. And then I have to find the location where that could be caused from. And the red signals are past extraction sites, Root canals or broken down teeth or decayed teeth and abscesses. So once I put all that information together, I take a needle. I use an anesthetic that has no epinephrine. And I go where you take your finger and you drag your finger straight up into your between your teeth and your cheek and you drag it along there. I drag the needle along there in a nice gentle way. It doesn't hurt. And then I look for a bleeding spot. That bleeding spot is the trigger point I'm looking for. I place the needle in a millimeter, no more than two, and I only put in one or two drops of anesthetic. That's all you need. And I'll do that there, then I'll move forward to that spot, two millimeters and two millimeters, and I'll go behind it, two millimeters and two millimeters, and repeat that process. And then I ask the patient, do you feel a difference? And I would like to give an example of a young lady I saw last week And she came in to me, referred by her physician, and her complaint was she had pain in the bottom of her right foot, and she had difficulty walking. And that was obvious when she came in, because she was limping so bad on the foot. I went back, it was her right foot, I went back where there was a root canal in tooth number two, which is the upper right second molar, and it's the first or second tooth from the end, depending upon if you have a wisdom tooth. And I said, what's your pain level? And she said, it's 10. I said, 10 out of 10? She says, it's 10 out of 10. I went in there. I said, I'll tell you if I can help you. I went in there and I did those, I did four injections up there. I sat back and I watched her and her eyes changed and she started wiggling her foot and she stood up and she says, I have absolutely no pain. This is the first time in five years that I have stood on my foot and have no pain. The explanation goes that this is part of a meridian. And this is the fourth meridian in the mouth that we talk about, which is connected to the extremities of the body on that side of the body. And so it was a miracle to her. And now we're looking at that and saying, hey, there is a possibility. Very strong possibility by removing that tooth and removing it correctly, by the way, is also as important because you can extract the tooth and cause an ischemic lesion to develop. You have to clean it out properly. And this lady was ecstatic. She just wanted to get in to the office right away for the extractions because she had no pain. And asked me, How long will this last? Some people it's lasted for two months before we could get them in for uh, a surgery or before we could arrange our schedules for it because sometimes patients just can't drop everything in their lives. And uh, she's scheduled next week to take the tooth out, and she called the office and asked if she could come in for another diagnostic injection just to get rid of the pain.
1: Yeah, you know, you mentioned something that I really want to stress to everyone who is listening, that when you take out a tooth, and you don't remove the periodontal ligament. Now, how Huggins, um, who, who I heard him explain it one time, it's like delivering a baby but not delivering the a- afterbirth, leaving the placenta in play. Now, although that sounds really gross, any woman who's ever had a miscarriage knows that you have to have a DNC in order to clean everything out so that there's healthy tissue. I don't know why dentistry does not recognize, but the way dentists are taught is to do the least amount of trauma as possible. Take the tooth out and leave the periodontal ligament in place. So no, oftentimes actually, just, Go ahead.
2: Actually, G.V. Black, I have my father's dental school uh, books, and G.V. Black did a five-volume ser- uh, five series And he recommended that after a tooth is extracted, that you would clean the side of the socket out to get rid of the red stuff in there, the loose stuff or whatever, and to get down to white angelical bone. And the reason this occurred is we had something uh, come into our lives called antibiotics, So people thought, oh, well, we're in a modern age. We don't need to do all that extra work. You know, there could be damage to a nerve or something if we do that. So back at the turn of the 19th or 20th century, 1900s, the standard of care was to go in and clean all these lesions out. After we got antibiotics, they didn't think it was necessary, and so they don't do that.
1: It's still taught in a dental school now, currently, that you just remove the tooth and not to strip out the periodontal ligament.
2: What they actually teach us is when you're in there, they say, take a spoon, which is a hand instrument, and scrape the side and get all that bad stuff out. Well, the ligament goes into the bone about a millimeter or two. And unless you remove a millimeter or two of the bone, once you extract the tooth you are not going to get rid of the periodontal ligament. Well, let's look at a ligament real quickly. A ligament holds bone to bone. So the ligament around the tooth is called the periodontal ligament. Perio is around, dental is tooth, ligament holds bone to bone. It serves a number of purposes. First, it holds the tooth in. So when you are walking around, your tooth doesn't just fall out. Second, when you bite down... It acts as if it's a cushion. So when you bite down, the tooth has a little movement. And when you let go, it comes up and it creates a plunger-type motion to pull the liquid through the tooth so you get flow through the tooth. It gives you feeling without pain, but all ligaments prevent bone growth. That's the purpose of a ligament, to hold bones together. So if you extract a tooth, and leave the ligament in, now the body thinks that the tooth is still there because it doesn't have a free way to bring the blood in except the top of the socket doesn't have a ligament. So it will develop a thin bone up there, but in the socket area it is blocked and you have very poor bone development. And that's where you get ischemic bone disease or cavitation.
1: Yeah, so I I would like to go on with this part of how you clean out a cavitation because I have patients that see other dentists uh, uh, internationally and you hear things like, well, I had a cavitation uh, dealt with and they injected ozone. I had a cavitation dealt with, they used laser in this particular area. Uh Here they did surgery, but they just made an incision, took a burr, and kind of went and then came right out. It was a five-second surgery. Other people go in and they explain having a flap laid and a window made in the bone and then a spoon or a drill used and the proceeds are sent off for pathology. What is it you do in your office and when do you decide what to do?
2: Well, once we've diagnosed everything or have a differential diagnosis, the possibility that there is a cavitation there. Sometimes we'll do the diagnostic injections, which will confirm it for us. Um, I will appropriately anesthetize the patient, and I will either lay a flap where I'm going into the bone to clean it out, and I watch the bone. If the bone starts to bleed then you know there's a problem. Bone might have a little drop of blood come out, but if it starts bleeding or you have all these bleeding spots, that's the roof, that's the top of the lesion. So I'll outline that, and I'll remove that either upper or lower jaw, and then I will take that bone out. I will get blood samples. I will get physical samples of tissue, which could be either um, fatty tissue, crystallized bone, and some other very very strange things coming coming out sometimes there's a little tar that comes out that oral surgeons used to put into sockets cuz they thought that would help it heal better and so uh the whole thing really uh needs to be totally cleaned out with a round burr or a piezo art burr depending upon the location how close you are to the sinus how close you are to a mandibular nerve facial nerves and you have to systematically just clean it gently you don't you know take all your strength and go in there you take feather moves feather light moves like a paint stroke when you're doing a fine uh, a fine picture so you have to once you get that done clean it out with a solution recheck it with a handpiece and then proceed from there on how to restore it
1: Okay, I'm going to remind people that these cavitations that we're talking about are areas of, of the bone that are basically unhealthy areas. They either have blood that can't get through all the way or, or blood that is uh, not get to, getting to it at all. So there are many different causes for these cavitations. And when we come back in just a moment, we're going to talk about some of the unique Testing from the bacteria inside these cavitations. We'll be right back.
3: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: You're listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Doctor drdawn at drdawn.net. That's drdawn at drdawn.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection.
1: This week we're speaking with Dr. Michael Margolis, my good friend from Mesa, Arizona, who is not only a dentist but a doctor of integrative medicine, really a specialist in the field of cavitations as well as biological dentistry and safe mercury removal. You can contact him through MyDentistAZ.com. That's M-Y-D-E-N-T-I-S-T-A-Z.com. Or if you're looking for a biological dentist and it's not in the state of Arizona, you can contact me or go through the dot org. We have been discussing cavitations, and I really want to let everybody know that there are some different ways to know um, pathologically, meaning what kind of... Uh, bad stuff was in there. There are two different types of tests that can be done, and your dentist should, at the very least, be doing one of those. And, and so, Michael, will you talk to us about what both those tests are?
2: Yes. Uh, once we open up these lesions, we take samples, and those samples have to be prepared and sent out to two type of labs. The traditional lab is histology, Uh, The histological doctors, pathologists will sit there and look underneath a microscope and analyze the tissue sample that they have. And they'll either confirm uh, what type of condition it is or what your differential diagnosis that you send into them. But we tell them where we found it, what our impressions are, what the clinical conditions, the health of the patient, and what we find. And then they go look at it on a slide, and they give us a uh, description of how they prepare it and then what they find.
1: So typical things would be osteonecrosis, dead bone, osteomyelitis, a bacterial infection, bone marrow edema, which is what we discussed earlier where the blood gets in but the blood can't get out. Those are the most common things that you see. Is that correct?
2: That's correct, and uh, the the neat thing about it is you get a confirmation. You can't be doing these surgeries without finding out what it is, and that led me to the new type of testing that's come out, which is called Dental DNA Laboratories of um, Colorado Springs, Colorado. They do DNA testing. There's another laboratory, Fry Laboratories in Scottsdale, Arizona, that does more full body, and they can do dental testing too, and they do DNA testing. But I use dental DNA most of the time, and they have a uh, series of reactants that can come out with 105 different types of bacteria that are commonly seen uh, in the mouth. Some of them are natural. Most of them are very dangerous. And so the situation with that is that that way the treating physician can see what we took out and what could have been affecting the rest of the patient's body.
1: Now, when you say DNA, most people think of DNA when they're talking about a blood sample and a murder case. So can you tell us this DNA, it's the imprint of specific bacteria or virus?
2: Exactly, it's it's the uh, fingerprints of the criminal that we're looking for, or the good guy. Sometimes so what, you want to make what sure. What do you do that with you that
1: information?
2: Well, I pass it on to many of my physicians. Who, re, well, first of course we give it to the patient, and then we give it to the physician. And each one of these organisms has a mode, or an antibiotic, or some method of how you treat the patient. Most of the time, I feel that uh, since my patients are referred by homeopathic physicians and or naturopathic physicians, we're very lucky to have a Southwest School of Naturopathic Medicine down the street from us, that they get IV uh, treatments, vitamin C, uh, ozone treatments, and also some antibiotics in combination to wipe out the bacteria that was being uh, invading the body from these sites.
1: So you might have maybe Lyme's disease, and maybe someone would find Borrelia DNA in that particular area. Now, even if you clean that area out, is it possible for this cavitation to reoccur?
2: Um, I have a very, very low reoccurrence rate, less than 1%. But yes, And what I tell my patients is, after surgery, number one, don't drink through a straw. Number two, do not drink any alcohol, eat any sugar, or have a bad diet, fried foods, to rest, and to drink plenty of good water.
1: And I want to stress smoking.
2: Oh, that was my next one. (laughs) Yeah, smoking... um, You know, the body, you need oxygen, food, and air. When you smoke, what are you taking away? You're taking your air away from you. You need good oxygenation. And we also, before we start surgeries today, we draw blood and we spin it and we take out the plasma-rich fibrogen, which is the patient's ability to heal themselves. So many times in these areas where we're doing cavitational surgery, is we're filling it with this, this byproduct of their blood, which is them healing
1: themselves. Yes, I love the PRF. It's, it's taking self out and putting self back in. I, just, I, I really like the results much better than putting in some kind of a bone graft.
2: Well, you know, and I don't want to put in somebody else's bone, but there is a great product on the market today, Steiner Graph Socket Paste, that is a beta-tricalcium phosphate that actually induces your own body to grow its own bone. And Gregory uh, Steiner of Steiner Biotech developed this, and I have been using it for almost a year now, and the results are remarkably fantastic. Uh, beyond, my, beyond my dreams, and I combine it with the uh, plasma-rich fibrogen, uh, the PRF, and yeah. it, the results are just absolutely great because I happen to be one of the uh, biological dentists that will place zirconium oxide implants, and you've got to have good bone to do that.
1: I do want to mention for people that have had cavitation surgery and are listening to this that there are some reasons why your own body won't heal. There are great surgeons in the country that are um, very skilled at taking care of these lesions in your jaw, and if it does reoccur, I'm going to encourage you to have some very specific blood testing, looking at some clotting disorders, protein C, protein S, deficiency, making sure that you haven't done any of the things that Dr. Margolis spoke of uh, because there are cases where they do reoccur, and it's not the surgeon's fault. It's oftentimes the body's fault. Is there anything, correct. anything you want I, to say? In uh, to end today's program?
2: Um, basically, thank you very much for allowing me to come on. I would be more than happy to answer any of the listeners' questions. Please contact me at mydentistaz.com. But if you're going to contact me, it's doc, D O C, at mydentistaz.com. And leave a phone number. If you can, and times to call where you're located, because if I'm in Arizona and I call you at nine o'clock at night, you might be in New York State, and that, <laughs> I wouldn't want to call you at midnight. No.
1: Thank you so much for being on with us this week. Next week, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Nick Meyer and talking about reasons not to have mercury amalgams, and you'll be very interested to listen to that show. There's more than just one reason why you wouldn't want to have a, a mercury silver filling in your mouth. And um, I encourage you to look at our website for all kinds of videos and podcasts that we have. We have lots of information for lay people as well as practitioners. We have an upcoming meeting in Nashville, October the 8th through the 11th, where we will be training physicians and dentists in the arena of biological dentistry and covering all kinds of things, including nutrition and how important getting back to our roots in Weston Price is. So I really appreciate all the listeners. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. The word of the week for this week is cavitation. If you call me or you email me and you use the word cavitation, we will send you a book. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you again for tuning in to the Tooth Body Connection. Please join your host, Dr. Don Ewing, again next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again about a healthy mouth and a healthy body next week.